I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Effie Parks. Once a month, I release this extra special episode in a series I call A Rare Collection. It features a few people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the seventh episode in the new storytelling series. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there is so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. Today's show is about grandparents, and the theme for these stories you're about to hear is lullaby. The storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and take the theme wherever their heart desires. Here is a story from Maria, Grandma to Emma with Kif 2A. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird don't sing, Mama's gonna buy you a diamond ring. If that diamond ring turns brass, Mama's gonna buy you a looking glass. And so the lullaby goes. For generation after generation, it continues. In this classic lullaby, if the item doesn't work or gets broken, then the mama will make it better. She will fix it. That's what we mamas do. We make it better and we fix it. But infantile spasms, pachygyria, cerebral palsy, CVI, and epilepsy cannot be fixed by a mama, or in my case, by a grandma. And this fact can lead to a horrific grief. My name is Maria and I am Emma's grandma. I am Emma's mommy's mama. Our sweet Emma was diagnosed when she was six months old. Every bright dream that my daughter and her husband had for their daughter went dark. Every dream I had for my daughter's new family and every dream I had for my granddaughter went dark. Never in my lifetime had I experienced such painful and all-consuming grief. It was as if my heart literally broke into a bazillion pieces. I couldn't fix anything. My mama's heart would never be the same again. Words like rare, severe, medically complex, catastrophic delays, and life-shortening became all-consuming. Google was not a friend. There was and is no way to fix my darling Emma. We live close by to our Emma and her family, and I am honored and blessed that I get to see her almost every day. And I have been there almost every day. I've been there for the good, the bad. I've been there during the prayers where we are begging God to make this seizure not be the one, to make this seizure stop. The 911 calls, the hospital visits, 
all of which could break a person, or all of which could make a person stronger. Our family fits the latter. Fast forward four and a half years, my Emma is still with us. She still cannot sit, roll, stand, walk, or talk. She cannot see well, so she cannot grab a toy or even touch my face purposefully, all of which could continue to send me into the deep, dark abyss. But it doesn't. What my Emma can do is be. She can be the perfect love that we are designed to be for each other. She slows me down, and I get to immerse myself in her pure, perfect love. Emma's smile can light up the darkest night. Emma's cuddles can melt the strongest person into jello. Emma's slobbery kisses crack me up. Emma's effort to try and to focus or to hold her head up is monumental. Emma's squeals of delight over music choices fill the room. Emma's look of boredom is pronounced when the music choice is wrong. I filled our relationship with songs. Music has a healing power that I've experienced in my lifetime. Music has a bonding power that Emma and I experience. She has come to expect singing and dancing with Grandma. We are connected. My heart that was so broken, so shattered, is now full. Full of a love that doesn't come from what a person can do. Full of a love that doesn't come from what a person can get. It's a love that has existed from the dawn of time. A love that is passed down mother to daughter, daughter to granddaughter. It really is a love that is indescribably rich and fills every fiber of my being. So my darling Emma, you do not need to hush and I don't need to fix. My job is to walk, or in your case, you'll roll, alongside you and your mommy and your daddy on this priceless journey. It doesn't look like anything I've dreamed of, but it is deeper and richer than I ever could have imagined. Here is a story from Dwayne. Grandpapa Potamus to Emma with Kif2A. Hi, my name is Dwayne Phillips. I am Emma Hager's grandfather. I'm better known as the Grandpapa Potamus, at least to Emma. <laughs> uh, my granddaughter has a KIF2A mutation, which uh, resulted in her getting less encephaly, pachygyria. She has also got uh, epilepsy as well as uh, cerebral palsy and infantile spasms, which she takes uh, various medications for, as you can imagine. I found it interesting. We were given the theme lullaby, which really is a point when I met Emma. Quite frankly, one of the first things I did was took this very small child <laughs> who fit in the palm of one of my hands and placed her on my shoulder and immediately started singing her a lullaby. And basically the go to sleep, go to sleep. And uh, my intention uh, as a father of five is basically I wanted to get her to be familiarized with myself and figuring she'd be sleeping on me in the future. And so I started with this lullaby, which I carried on almost every time I saw her for the first year of her life. Throughout my daughter's pregnancy, there's times where she had mentioned she was a little concerned about something. And, you know, we just, you know, it's okay, it's okay. For six months, she was still worried and we kind of said, it's okay, it's okay. And uh, the pediatrician basically was concerned and said, we, we need to get you to be seen and get some ECGs and whatnot. And they did. And then from that, it basically went to, you need to be, a, a men need to be admitted. And, uh, you know, a series of tests, which lasted the better part of a week almost. It was a tough time for our family. It was a tough time for everybody. However, as her grandfather and I, I will admit this is the first time grandfather and 
it was quite uh, earth shattering for me in, in many ways. But one of them, I, I did decide I, I can't go down a rabbit hole that basically the granddaughter that I know as Emma, Janine Hager, will basically, my granddaughter was only going to be known to me through this, this child's body and mind. And I decided that would be the perfect expression of my granddaughter, which brought me great solace, quite frankly, and peace. And from that day forward, I basically decided that I'm going to expand this little girl's world as best I can possibly do myself. I do enjoy being around my granddaughter. She is literally the light of my world, as anybody in my family will tell you. <laughs> she has her struggles, but outside of her struggles, she's a very strong and very willful little child, despite all the ailments that uh, basically, you know, are major hurdles I will never understand. And she still finds joy. She still can find laughter and love through it all. And to me, that is that is the whole world because she, to me, understands love and joy at a level I, I hope to know someday because uh, uh, to me, she's, a, she's an angel on earth or a saint, if you will, in, in some regards. It is tough knowing that uh, you don't know how long you may have a, a grandchild. Um, it's not something I think that goes through anybody's mind that, you know, the expectation of your grandchild's life is uh, only so far. But in my life, th those aren't daily focuses. I know they're there. They're realities. I don't deny them. I don't look away from them. But I choose to focus really on uh, what makes my granddaughter happy? And, and again, bringing back the lullabies, singing is a big part. Her her dad's a musician and 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 sings and plays music music for her. I love music myself, and so I uh, find myself uh, as my wife does. We constantly are singing to her uh, in different ways, and I think bringing her joy. And uh, last thing I like to say is basically I I just look for the joy and the light uh, in her world and how I could make it bigger for her so she can enjoy the life she has. And God bless. Here's a story from Mariana, grandmama to my son Ford, with CT and NB1. So here's the thing, Effie. I can't sing. Not like all the people who say, I can't sing. You know, I'll sing at church or Christmas carols, but that's all. No. I mean, I really can't sing. I can't carry a tune, hit a note, can't hum, nothing. When I was in college, I was in a sorority that always entered this campus contest called Spring Sing. Everybody was required to try out for it. But by my senior year, I was released from that duty. I was the only one who was. It was less painful for me and the poor choir director. So when you told me that the topic of my story was lullabies, I thought maybe that was some cruel trick Casey talked you into playing on me, but you were serious. So I thought about it. And it dawned on me that you might have hit on something that I never would have thought about otherwise. So here you go. Here's my story about lullabies. When my first child, Brandon, was born, your husband's big brother, for those new to Once Upon a Gene, and we came home from the hospital, I realized that I didn't know any lullabies. Since I never sang, I really didn't know the words to any songs, except I did know two Beatles songs, Michelle and Yesterday. So I would dance down Brandon around the living room singing one song partly in French and the other really, really sad one. 
Poor Casey got the same two Beatles songs when he was born. Then, when Casey turned four, we were at my parents' home on Whidbey Island for his family birthday party. We told him to wait upstairs while he got the cake and the presents all ready. Next thing I knew, I heard a horrible wail. I turned to my mom and I said, sounds like a baby crying. She heard it too, but we couldn't figure out what it was. Until all of a sudden, I knew it was Casey. He had fallen out of the window upstairs onto the concrete sidewalk in the backyard. I ran out there terrified, and in spite of having just finished a CPR training session the week before where they said, don't pick up a child if they fall in a distance, I picked up Casey. That's kind of what you do when you're a mother and your child is screaming. We called 911 and the ambulance headed to the only hospital on the island, almost an hour's drive. His leg was broken and he had some contusions and blood on his head and they didn't have the equipment to see how bad that might be. So we went back in the ambulance, headed for the ferry line, the only way off Whidbey Island back to Seattle. They moved us to the front of the line and we got to Children's Hospital very late at night. Casey was still crying, still in pain. They put him in a room with his little leg in a sling because they couldn't cast it that night. They let me stay. Every time my sweet little boy started to drift off to sleep, his leg would jerk and his unset thigh bones would scrape together and he would wake up screaming again. I wanted so badly to comfort him, but I couldn't hold him and I didn't know any lullabies. But my wonderful sister Teresa was with me all night and she knows all the lullabies. When he would start crying again, we would both run to his bed and she would sing to him and would calm him down. The one that seemed to work the best was Hush Little Baby, Don't Say a Word. She sang it to him so many times that I finally learned the words. He was in the hospital for several days, and I sang that song hundreds of times. It soothed my heart, and he didn't care that it might not have been as pretty as his Aunt Teresa's version. Casey was in a body cast for several months, but he recovered, probably more than I have. I know every parent listening to this knows what I mean. So, fast forward to 2013, when I became a grandmother to Brandon's daughter, Fiona, and then to his son, Corwin. They lived in California for most of their infant years, but I got to sing Hush Little Baby to them a few times when we would visit, and yes, it's still the only lullaby I know. I loved it, and they seemed to. And then came Ford, that sweet angel. Those early months when we didn't know what was going on, then the diagnosis and doctors who knew nothing about CTNNB1 scaring the heck out of everyone with what Ford might or might not be capable of. I took care of Ford during those early times sometimes, and when I would put him down for bedtime, I had a lullaby for him. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Mama's going to buy you a mockingbird. It calmed him down, just like it had his daddy 30 years earlier. And then, one night, when I finished singing, he looked up at me with that look Ford can melt your heart with, and he signed the gesture for more that Casey and Effie had told me he was learning. My heart nearly burst. I sang it again and again and again, and I will sing that lullaby to Ford as many times as he wants for as long as I live. And now to his little sister, Ezzie, too, who asks me for hush baby when I put her to bed. So Effie, thank you for making me tell my story. I guess I knew, but hadn't really put it together. That a lullaby isn't about how pretty your voice is. It's about your heart 
sending care and comfort and love to a child, which you get back a million times over. Here's a story from Tom Lowe, Poppy to Sloan, with KIF-1A, read by my husband, Casey. Hello, I'm Poppy, grandfather of Sloan, our nine-month-old granddaughter. A couple months ago, I was taking care of Sloan at bedtime and sang the lullaby, a bushel and a peck, as I put her to bed, just like we did for our daughters when they were young, just like my wife's mother did for her when she was a baby. They're sweet moments. We've sung that song a hundred times to our kids and grandkids. But that night was different. Sloan had just been diagnosed with KIF-1A. It all started with my daughter taking Sloan into the doctor for what she thought was a minor issue of favoring the turning of her head to one side. No big deal. But one thing led to another, and we soon learned otherwise. KIF is a rare degenerative neurological disorder. Degenerative. That's the tricky part. Right now, Sloan is a happy, healthy, sweet little baby. We sing her that lullaby, put her to bed, and all seems fine in her world. And in ours. But we know better now. We understand that the future will bring uncertainty and hardship. Even before her struggles begin, we understand. That night when I sang to her, a sense of panic set in. To do something, anything, to help her before this hideous progression sets in. But the hard truth is that there is no cure, not even any treatment. There is nothing today to help her. That's when feelings of helplessness and despair creep in. Worry begins to take over. What will she have to endure? Will she be able to participate in and enjoy her life? Will she be happy? How will this affect my daughter and her family? Her other two children? My other two daughters? So many questions. So many worries. So much uncertainty. So many tears. How do you move forward in the face of this? As you slowly learn... There is no one answer to this for all of us. There is no single right answer. Each of us have chosen different paths forward that we think is best. I want to fix it. My wife wants to hold her. My daughter is so busy doing what she has to do. There's not a lot of time to consider other options right now. My other daughter's just want to help however they can. So do most other people involved in our lives. It's not easy to figure all this out, but each of us has had to make our own decisions. We know it will get more complicated with time. This has all the makings to break down a family. So why have I started feeling different lately? All the worry is still there. But something seems to be happening to bring some balance. This sweet, innocent little baby that faces such an uncertain future has been bringing the unexpected to our family and beyond. 
there is more compassion around us, more empathy, more tenderness, more kindness. And not just to us, but to everyone around her. That's not to say all is fine. It's not. It's difficult and will get more difficult. I know that. But her little life is giving so much. She helps make everyone she touches a better, more compassionate person, without her being able to say a single word. This may sound odd, but I'm feeling so grateful that she came to us. Don't misunderstand. I wish she could be cured today. But if it had to be, I'm glad she is ours. She is truly a gift to us. She does so much, tears and all. I just regret that she has to pay the price for all the goodness she brings. I love her so much. A bushel and a peck. Here is a story from Alice Van Horn, grandma to Elijah, who has Edwards syndrome. Elijah Wayne Edwards, Ewee, my boss baby. I am so glad you are still here. They said you were not compatible to life. They said you wouldn't make it. They said you wouldn't be here today. They said you'll never amount to anything. I'm so glad they ain't God. You've had a lot of rough roads. The going has been tough for you, Elijah. But God has kept you here. They said within an hour of birth, you would be gone. God said no. He had a purpose and a plan for you. And he will strengthen you to do all that you needed to do. And you have been a blessing to a lot of people. When they've heard the story of what you've gone through since you've been here, it has allowed them to question their faith and say, if this baby can do it, then I can do it. So, you know, I'm grateful to him for giving you to Kareem and Sarita. I'm grateful for your siblings, Ryan, Jeremiah, Josiah, Trey, how they interact with you, helping your mama and your daddy with you. Even I love it when Ryan picks you up and she sings to you and you try to sing back and how she dance with you. Even when you hold your daddy's hands and you try to walk from one end of the house to the other and sometimes you think you can run. That's a blessing, a bigger blessing even seeing you roll over and set yourself up. When they said you wouldn't do it, the major milestones that you've made in your four years and nine months. I like it. I don't know much about trisomy 18. In fact, I don't know nothing about trisomy 18. No more than you beat the odds. You're beating the odds. You will beat the odds. I mean, yes, you're still under the doctor's care, and we are grateful for the doctors that take care of you. But, you know, it's all good. It's all good. You don't have clenched fists. You don't have rocker feet. Everything's intact. You have your little issues, but God is working in your little body. And you eat good. I know you eat what your siblings eat because your mama blends it in the blender and she takes her time to fix it for you. Elijah, that's love. You and a family that loves you and they show that love and I'm grateful for it. I even your way of snuggling and the kisses that you put on your mama and your daddy. I like seeing that. 
In fact, Grandma missed her kiss, the wet kiss, in fact. She missed the snuggles. And just think when COVID is over and we can come together again, I want to hold you tight. I want to squeeze you. And here you say, mm-mm. And even I want my wet kiss. I want my snuggle. I miss it. I wish you didn't live so far. You know, your mama say, if I come, I ain't coming in the house. But, you know, it's all good. But Elijah, you know, you're a blessing. You're a blessing not just to me, but to a lot of people. You're an encouragement. I mean, a great encouragement, and I'm grateful for you. You just don't know how much. Grandma, I love you. And she always will. So don't stop singing your song. I don't want you to stop dancing. And I definitely don't want you to stop trying to run and walk with the aid of your daddy. Grandma, I love you. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people. And please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story, or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. (laughs) 